Welcome to the Pete Slevin Fitness Podcast, where we discuss all things fitness, health, and well-being with your host, Pete Slevin. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of the Pete Slevin Fitness Podcast. I hope everyone is keeping well and safe during this COVID-19 lockdown. I'm super excited for today's episode with such an amazing guest, Nathalie is a former personal trainer who has now progressed into online coaching and is a qualified nutritionist. She has become an influencer in the right manner with regards to the message that she puts out there. She has become a health advocate, if you like, uh, and promotes healthy lifestyles, healthy habits, and living a life with balance. She has experienced what it's like to become obsessed with your passion, how it can almost uh, take over your life as such and uh, at the expense of other things because there is such a thin line between being focused on something and becoming obsessed with something and and it's very easy to look at something with tunnel vision. So it's important uh, in life that we take a step back sometimes and realise that perhaps we are uh, doing something at the expense of other things and this can come across in so many aspects of our life. come across in our work life, in our relationships, in our training, in our diets and there might just come a time when we realise that this wasn't supporting us. So in today's episode you'll hear uh, from Natalie when she became obsessed with her her body image if you like uh, and then has flipped the switch and has realised that there's more to life and she now has a healthy balance. So it's a quite uh, fascinating story, hopefully there's something that you can take away from it. So without further ado, this is episode 15 of the Peach 11 Fitness Podcast with Natalie Lennon. Ladies and gents, it is uh, with great pleasure and a privilege to have Natalie Lennon on the Peach 11 Fitness Podcast. Um, I've been following Natalie's uh, story on Instagram for quite a while and I just love the message that she's been putting out. Um, So I thought she would be an ideal fit uh, to get on to the podcast. Uh, So you're very welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's an honour. No problem. And thank you for saying yes to come on. Um, Just for any of my followers or listeners that might know your story, can you just shine some light on how you get into the fitness industry? Of course. uh, The difficulty here is trying to bring it down into like a sentence or two. So I'll try my best. But (laughs) I, when I came out of school, I went and I got a degree in earth sciences, geography and geology in Trinity. Um, So I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do and was just strong in geography. But towards the end of my degree, in my final year, grew a love for fitness, doing kind of a home workout guy that some of your followers may know called BBG or... It's now the Sweat app. Um, so fell in love with it. And when I finished my degree, it was a bit too difficult to get a job. So I chased my passion, saved up some money and got the PT certif- certificate and said I would give it a go. And um, luckily, things have just kind of fallen into place since. I've had my probably my highs and my lows with the journey to get to where I am. But that's, I suppose, the short synopsis of how I got into it. Yeah, and I suppose uh, your, your mess is your message as such. And uh I can, I can relate to you quite a bit because like yourself, I was, uh, I've done a degree in computing and IT and I had been training by myself, a, a personal trainer and things and for about 10 years and I loved the gym and I just took the jump, went and got the qualifications and haven't looked back since. So I can relate to uh, where you're coming from as well. So then you, you get into the fitness um, 
did you, I think you were doing some uh, kind of bikini or bodybuilding yeah, so competitions? Yeah, I, I came out of college and fitness was always just something I was uh, enjoying. Um, I, was, I would have been a dancer from when I was young, just stage school. So I was always active um, in that it wasn't necessarily new for me to be active, but it was new right. to feel muscle soreness and new to see <laughs> my body change. Um, so I shared my progress pictures on Instagram. And I tagged Kayla, it seems. She's the creator of the guys I was doing. Now she now has like, I don't know if it's 11 or 12 million followers. At the time, she had 6 million followers. And I think I posted my 18-week progress photo and I was incredibly scared because I'm from a small town where there's small minds and you just, I, I already knew things were being said. You know the way all this goes on. Yeah. Um, but I went and I shared it anyway because I thought if I'm going to be a PT, it'll stand to my business to show my progress. At least so I thought that that was kind of what my business depended on in, in a sense. So she shared my progress photos um, and they that caused my Instagram to grow. Not predominantly with an Irish following, but it was really from the United States more than it was the UK or Ireland. So it's strange now being in the Irish influencer scene. But um, she went on to share two more after that. I think the last one she shared was like my one year kind of uh, BBG workout progress photo. And then after a year, that was when I I had gotten my uh, personal training certificate by then. And I realized the importance of weight training for really recompositioning your body and changing, I suppose, for me wanting to grow more like delts and glutes and everything that I had in my mind. So I got more into weight training and I stopped doing as much of the kind of home circuits, plyometrics and um, certificate stood to me. I knew what I was doing then, but I did start to become obsessed with physical change. And it's something I've spoken about openly, so I have no problem diving into it. But I think a lot of it probably did come from the, um, the praise that you're given on social media when you share a progress photo. Like progress pictures are an amazing tool. Like we both know that being trainers. But there is a fine line, I think. You just need to be sure you're not getting your worth from them. And there was a lot of other things I probably was losing in my life at the time that I put a lot of my worth into my physical change. And unannounced to myself, that's what I became obsessed with. But in my eyes, it wasn't an unhealthy obsession because I was surrounding myself with people on social media who were doing the same thing. So we all praise each other. Yeah. Um, so it got to a point then, I mean, years ago, I would have said I'd never do a bikini competition. They were so superficial. I would never, ever, ever. And then I just fell into it. I was like, I need to show people what else I can do? I was like, how can I push my body further, further, further? You know, you get praise. This is why I worry about people when it comes to the relationship of fitness and sharing pictures sometimes. It, it's such a fine line because you share pictures because of the change. You share another because of the change. When does that change stop and how do you keep going? And then where do you get your praise? So I done the bikini competition because I was lost. I was a lost puppy standing on that stage. I was smiling. I was happy. I was hell proud. It was a tough journey, but I loved it because I was obsessed with the process. But it wasn't good for my mental health as time went on afterwards. Um, and I, I only shared it on Instagram that I was doing the competition maybe the night before. It was my own little secret journey because I was afraid of what people would think. But at the same time, I was obsessed and I had to do it. I had to push my body as far as I could. And afterwards, I was just as obsessed. I really, I didn't rebound. Now I did binge, um, as I think every competitor did, but I didn't rebound and gain lots of weight. I was too obsessed. I tracked every calorie to a T with my bulk. You know, I gained back five or six kg 
like knowing every single calorie that went into that. And then I got, you know, afraid with extra body fat and I completely lost the connection between fitness and well-being and mental health. And it was all just about the physical changes. So to reconnect those wires took me a long, long time. Um, I tried to cut for a photo shoot because I thought that was far more, um, you know, healthy in terms of mindset rather than standing on stage again. But it wasn't. I was just obsessed. I'd done the whole cut again, done the photo shoot. And after that photo shoot, this would have been 2017 in the summer. So this is 2020. I felt at my lowest weight ever, my lowest place in my mental health, sickening anxiety, um, afraid to eat around people, I only wanted to eat on my own, afraid to eat anything I didn't know, bringing broccoli and chicken to family events when I had nothing to prep for. Um, so between 2017 and 2020, I've completely reconnected those wires. Um, I have a whole new relationship with food and fitness. I still am obsessed. And I say that I am obsessed with health and fitness and nutrition, but I'm obsessed with balance and lifestyle. And I think it's a healthy obsession now. So I was just going yeah. to say that <laughs> you're, you're more focused on the health side of that. And I suppose uh, from our own perspective as coaches, uh, we have to be, we have to be aware of that, that you're doing it for the right reasons. Like you're saying there being obsessed. And I, I know there's clients that I've had and you've had to rein them in when they're counting calories and like you said, bringing chicken and broccoli to weddings and things, that's, it's, it's, it's borderline unhealthy in the sense that, you know, you have to live a little. And I think the right thing is balance, uh, just like you said. And just going back uh, to the, what you were saying with regards to the social media, uh, searching for likes. Um, yeah. and, and I still see that uh, you get the glute pics and you get the ab pics. And you have to be, I suppose you have to be well aware why why you're posting that are you chasing likes does this define you exactly that's one thing a long time ago i done a post about i compared my grid on instagram nowadays now it was probably god it was probably a year ago now that i done it but i compared the grid where you can see like you know nine photos at a time to my grid back in say 2017 16 and it was all abs it was all before and afters. It was all probably as little clothing as I could manage. <laughs> now I was never, I was never the glute girl. I was never the curvy girl. But just like, oh, here's my abs, or like I'd get up and put on the little shorts and sports bra just to take a photo to get dressed again because I'm always freezing. Yeah. Um, and the difference in my grid was ridiculous, and that showed the difference I think in in mindset. But the thing with Instagram is certain things. If you're trying to grow an audience, you realize what works. Yeah. And you, I think a lot of people start to lose their authenticity or their true message. And they're posting, like you said, for the sake of likes. And it's funny that you said, you know, the glute pictures and the abs, because there's another side of it that I see at the minute. And the thing is, I've fallen into all of these. And now I, I try to refuse to. I'll post one the odd time when I want to and when I feel like it's going to help me and my audience. Yes. But I won't post it every second day or every throwback Tuesday. Um, because what's the point? But the body positivity movement, I love it. I'm all about it. I needed that movement for a while to disconnect my worth from my body. But I'm kind of getting sick of seeing all the like, here's me without cellulite. Here's me with cellulite. Here's me airbrushed. Here's me not. Now, I took a photo like that the other day. I was like, here's me like leaning over and here's me like, you know, tensing. And then I I don't know if I'll post it yet or not. I'm like, that day I kind of felt like it was a good thing to post. But now I'm like what are we even at like posting all those because they are now what get the like like they get likes they help women majorly but I think a lot of people are posting them for the wrong reasons it's just the way Instagram has become so 
in every post I just try to keep it to what I want to post and then what I feel will help people and not fall into the trap of just posting for the sake of growing an audience because if you want to grow an audience you want to grow it off your true message and if you're growing it off a message that isn't necessarily you or that is unhealthy you're at nothing long term yeah yeah and that's a good point that you're putting it up for the right reason for the healthy reason because there's probably girls who look at you putting up a picture and they're probably well, who she thinks she is. We're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing that, but we're seeing that today. Uh, I, I seen a headline the other day. Adele, uh, <gasps> you seen her yeah. transformation? I did. Uh, I and, felt so sorry for her. Like she doesn't need to be scrutinised like that. Exactly, know? she's getting scrutinised, and uh, I, I just thought you can't get it right sometimes. Um, oh. She's got herself obviously healthy now. I hope she's done it in a healthy manner, that she hasn't done it. I haven't read too much into it, but I hope she hasn't went on a juice diet or something like that, where she's going to have massive implications further down the line. But if she's done that in a, a healthy way over a period of time, uh, hats off to her, you know, but she's okay. getting scrutinised. I seen a headline, I can't remember, the Daily Mail or something, and the journalist was saying that this made her feel uncomfortable, that Adele was now... Yeah. Yep, and... There's that. There's just that. Um, I suppose there's that line between good and bad, and it's hard. Such a fine line, and it's hard to get it right. It's hard to please everyone. It's hard to please yourself. I suppose no matter what we do, as much as we will try to disconnect some sort of worth to our bodies, it's one I still struggle with because at the end of the day, we are coaches. You know, people come to us looking for help, usually to change their body. Because that's where they've put all their worth and they think that they're going to be happier. You know yourself, they think they're going to be happier at the end and take it from, you know, my mess being my message. You will not be happier at the end if you didn't do it right along the way. Um, so that that has even kind of transferred into my coaching and how I've coached as well because you touched on, you know, people just counting calories. And as a PT, when I started off, that's, that's what I knew how to do was just count calories. A freaking mathematician is is here to teach you how to count you know yeah, you're, not, you're not a nutritionist if you're telling someone what calories they should eat what carbs fats and proteins they should have you need to help them understand why they need healthy fats understand why they need variety understand insulin and blood sugar spikes you need to help them understand the importance of balance and be caloric aware but not caloric obsessed you need to help them find a way of sustaining it so now with clients i do weekly food diaries i give some guidelines and recipes we don't weigh anything. Maybe the odd thing if we feel like it's a big issue, but yeah. it's it's all handfuls. It's all, you know, there's nights off. We work around unplanned things. Yeah. If You don't hire someone to teach you how to count your calories. Um, and I think it's really important that people know their place in the industry. And that's why I went and got a qualification to, when I realized what was right. That's yeah. why, you know, you're, you have a qualification, you're getting qualifications because you know what's right. Yeah. Um, I think people are just afraid that, it's not sensationalized enough. It's not like sexy enough to be like, oh, be intuitive or, you know, eat your greens or don't try squeeze in like all the crappy food you can to your calories and then praise because IIFYM, if it fits your macros, you know. Um, one term that I just use with everyone and I've used in some talks is being, and I don't know if it's possible, but I will continue to try and teach it to everyone and myself, is intuitive awareness. Because there's a part of me that doesn't quite agree with just uh, agree with just intuitive eating, because some people just it, there's still no understanding of nutrition in intuitive eating. 
Yes. It's just eat it whatever you want to eat. There's no understanding or learning. And then sometimes, um, obviously, calorie counting can become obsessive. But I think intuitive awareness, that they're two words I love, intuitive awareness. Like you're being intuitive, but you're aware of the outcome. You're aware as to how, of how it's going to affect your goals, help you long term, feed into your mental health. But you're being intuitive at the same time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And you probably get it yourself. I would get new clients, particularly as soon as they come on board. Do I get a meal plan? It's the first thing they'll ask. Do I get a meal plan? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I'm like, we don't do meal plans around here. <laughs> I always say, no, we don't do meal plans. I don't want you to go down that route of eating a meal plan. Um, I want you to – and I don't want I don't want to group things into bad food and, and good food, but I just want to make them aware you know, what's going to help them better towards their goals. Yeah. In regards to counting calories, I might suggest a week or two using my fitness yeah. pal, just to give them awareness of what calories. And exactly. You do get a shock when you realize the treats are adding up. Mm-hmm. And it might be just a case of flipping that, maybe taking out a treat here and there, yeah. and that might set them on the way. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, the best, the best diet that anyone will ever stick to is one that includes the foods that they love. Yeah. I mean, and, there's a reason why 99% I think or 98.9 or something of diets fail you know if people if people come to you looking for a diet plan or a meal plan literally tell them straight out well there's a 0.1% chance you're probably going to you know yeah Um, but it is difficult because I will give people like meal guidelines I'm like look here's three or four suggestions for breakfast because they literally don't have clue from Adam like I didn't years ago how to balance a meal or ensure they were getting enough vegetables but it's funny because you see people become extremely reliant and they're using just those three suggestions (laughs) and just those three suggestions suggestions for lunch so then the next week the goal becomes okay I want you to eat like five meals that are brand new and not my suggestions and that's where it's like a teacher and a student kind of thing they're like wait I thought that was your job I thought you told me what to eat and I'm like no like it's your love turn. That. I, must have had a coach. I love that. That's <laughs> When did the penny drop with you then when you were competing? When did you realize maybe, I don't know, from a social aspect or maybe family and friends? When did you realize, okay, I'm a bit obsessed in here too deep here? Yeah, no, great question. I think I think I kind of realized it when I decided I wanted to compete in a sense, but I never really thought it was that bad. I thought I could come out of it and be fine the other side. And that's why I always say to people, before you go on a hunt to get to your lowest body fat percentage yet, do you know the risks for females and and your hormones and amenorrhea, which I've suffered from? Um, And that's not a good place to be. And and women don't talk about it. They don't talk about their period and how important their menstrual health is. Um, But for me, I kind of thought I'd overcome all that afterwards because I was, in my head, I was strong. You know, I was mentally strong. I was able, I would just, like turn off that switch afterwards and I couldn't and it was only when I realized I couldn't turn off the switch that I was in too deep so my competition was October 2016 but it wasn't until I think it was May or June 2017 when when I didn't gain back any weight afterwards and I was struggling to gain back the weight that I realized I am obsessed and I remember waking up one morning at my lowest weight and I remember taking a picture and that's the picture I tend to use every you know two months if I do a throwback um I don't know the penny just dropped I just woke up that day and I said this is it I can't live in this like 
in pr prison. I was living in a self-confined prison. Um, I also didn't want to get out of it. You know, it, it's a comfortable place to be in when you're obsessed and you can control everything. But the degree of anxiety I felt when I couldn't control things, it was no way to live. Um, so I spoke to my family. I said it on Instagram. I waited a few weeks now until I was feeling a bit better to speak about it. I went to a dietitian. I done everything I could and I just, I kept working on it. And um, it's funny, it's, it's a hard one because when you talk about being underweight and, you know, gaining back a healthy relationship with food and fitness, you expect to see, and this is where I felt pressured personally because I've always been naturally slim. I've always been small. Look, my parents are. Maybe that will change down, down the line. I don't know. I always say, look, if my body changes, whatever about it. It's not that I necessarily gained back a load of weight. And that's where I felt pressure because usually people who traveled my journey do and they post the, I'm much happier at this weight and I'm much happier at this body fat percentage and I'm much happier when I'm not lean. Yeah. And I know there's times in my life where I'm, I'm still quite lean. Maybe I won't be, maybe I will be again. So it's very hard to share the correct message and say, you can, you can look absolutely fine yeah. and be extremely unhealthy. You know, it's health doesn't have a certain image all of the time. Obviously, you know, obesity is real. It's a problem. That's not healthy if you if you are that way. Um, but health doesn't have a certain size, certain image. Yeah, people as again, people were probably looking at you, thinking, you know, you were in great shape, or you were, they were probably wishing they could be like you. Uh, but as you're saying there, you were feeling anxiety. You were feeling, you know, unhappy within yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because I'm I probably like my body is probably back at a similar place now to where it was, say, somewhere somewhere along those years. Yeah. Um, but I don't get up and look at it every morning. I don't get up and scrutinize it. I don't try and tense my abs for morning <laughs> ab photos. I couldn't tell you where the freckle is on my stomach where I could have told you where everyone was. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't lie on my bed and like pull up my chest to try to take pictures of my abs. But I done all of that, so it's a different relationship. It's the relationship that matters um, more than anything. If you were going back to what, what age were you then, four, four or five years ago? Yeah, so I would have been around twenty-one. If the Natalie today, if you could go back to then, what would you say? Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'd say because you know what, like it, it's built me. It's built me to the type of coach I am today. Yeah. Um, I don't, oh, that's such a hard question. I don't know what I would go back and say. Obviously, if I would go back, I would tell that girl not to do it. Like not to compete, not to count your calories, to like go about coaching a different way, go about my own coaching a different way. Know from the word go that your worth is not in your body. However, your body will give you confidence, but it's up to you what aspects of your body gives you confidence. And when I say the aspects of your body that give you confidence, I don't mean physicals alone. I mean mental and physical. Your body is not just a physical being. It is inside and it is outside. So the confidence, body confidence, comes down from what you think of yourself and not how you look. Body positivity, that's kind of a different journey. But I guess that's what I would tell her. And of course, I would tell her not to do it. I would tell her not to compete, but... At the same time, it has been my journey and I don't regret one part of it because it did get me here. But if I could go back, I wouldn't travel it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, brilliant. With regards to your daily date now, what with regards to eating and things, yeah. you obviously you don't track 
No, it's, it's funny. Like, I don't track, but having tracked like an absolute, you know, obsessed little woman for years, I have a good idea, I suppose, some days of what I'm having. And I wish I could turn that off. I wish in the sense that I never tracked and I didn't have a notion. Like, sometimes I speak to <laughs> my friends and they're like, God, I don't have a clue. And I'm like, I would love to not have a clue sometimes. Um, <laughs> But no, I don't track. I guess I have, you know yourself, like I have certain meals that I love. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I do need to push myself out of out of just cooking out of habit sometimes too. And like researching new recipes to make sure I keep creativity in my own diet. But I suppose generally I like I'd have my three main meals. I'm probably eating a bit later than I used to with regards to my first meal because I've learned about some of the benefits that come with fasting. Not the ones related to your weight, but the ones related to your insulin and your mental clarity. Now, I'm not a 16-8 girl. I'm like a max 14-hour fast if I'm going to. But I used to wake up at half five in the morning and before I go to open up the gym and be like, I have to have breakfast right now. And I would have a huge bowl of oats. And now I don't know how I done it at that time because I would listen to my body. I eat when I'm hungry. And I mean, some of my favorites, like I love oats but I cook it with egg whites and spirulina and courgette I'm a bit of a freak um I probably don't eat as much meat as I used to for both the health aspects and the environmental aspects but I still would have meat once maybe twice a week I have a lot of fish I eat way more salmon than I used to I used to fear salmon until I learned about the importance of omega-3s from a fish source um what else I love peanut butter like I have so much more healthy fats than I used to and I'm I'm sure a lot of women listening and maybe even guys could relate to kind of this fear of fat because the food industry got it wrong years ago and but now they've they've got it right but the message is taking years to hit home like we still have the traffic light system on food labels which tells you that fat is bad so a high fat on a food label will be red now, if it's saturated fat, fair enough, if it's from an unhealthy source. But if there's loads of avocado and nuts in that bar and it's red, that's that's giving, you know, the wrong idea. So I suppose that that's a brief synopsis of how my diet has changed and what I have. Calorie-wise, I could probably tell you what I think I'm roughly on, but I probably don't want to do that in case there's a young person listening that goes, that's what I need to be yeah, on, Gina. Yeah, I perfectly understand that. I would find a lot with my female clients, they probably struggle with protein intake. I'm glad to hear you're saying they're the likes of, you're still eating um, meat to some degree and you're obviously getting your fish. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and like protein is so important in terms of satiation yeah. and your sugar balance afterwards. But I would always make sure like at least if you were to look at your plate and I'm holding up my hands here, if you were to look at a plate in terms of a pie tart, um, that a quarter of that plate would be protein. Okay, yeah. Um, a half would be colour. And then the other quarter would be carbs or fats, or there might be fats drizzled over it. But I would always make sure to get protein in every single meal in my snacks if I can. Yeah. And I suppose you probably have to uh, get it across to your clients too that carbs aren't the enemy as well. Um, oh, it's the most difficult message to get across to the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would a normal day or a daily routine is there something that you have to do that helps you become a better person perhaps? Or in the morning, maybe you have a routine that in, you do? In the morning, people swear by their morning routines and some people yeah. have a million things. But I suppose if I was just narrow it down to make it easy for people, usually the night before, the next day, unless it's now Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I might not do it as much, but I would sit down 
And whether I write it out or I do it on the notes on my phone, I time block out my whole day. So I might say like half six to seven or half six to seven fifteen, get up and kind of my morning routine, say, which I'll touch on in a second. You know, half seven to half eight training, half eight to half nine, shower and wash my hair, half nine to half ten, check my emails, half ten to half eleven, breakfast. I literally, it's not a to-do list, it's a time block schedule. Um, I had to be really careful to stop overestimating how much I can get done in a day because being self-employed, there's a lot of pressures there and you feel like you have to work continuously. And that's, that was probably something I was very, very bad at. I'd overplan things and then I would just feel crap for not ticking all the boxes. So I make sure to put in the downtime. I literally schedule in like walk with friend or like watch Netflix. I literally write it in a schedule. Um, so that definitely helps me, especially during lockdown. And the days I don't do it, I usually can't go to sleep if I don't have it done yeah. for like a working day. Um, and when it comes to the morning, I, I don't sleep with my phone in my room anymore. So the first thing I do is not turn around and look at my phone because that was not serving my mental health before bed or in the morning. Yeah. Um, now I do go to grab it fairly quick, I won't lie. I leave it outside my door, but I'd get up, I'd get up, stretch out the body, open my curtains, open my blind. Then I would check the phone, but I would try not to go on for too long. I'd head downstairs. And first thing I do is a huge glass of water. That is something that I didn't do when I was younger. And I don't know why people don't do it enough. I, I really don't. It's, it's just amazing to start your day with like a pint of water, a pint of water, then a pint, well, a glass of my, um, my supplement zest active and then I would have like a jug of coffee so it's a lot of liquids going in I usually wait half an hour 45 minutes and then if I'm training that day and I have time I usually train in the morning and that's how things kickstart. well just two things there I, I, I'm laughing to myself because for some reason out of habit I've always taken a pint of water and I don't know where or picked it up from but I always get up first thing in the morning and take a pint of water um, a new thing that I've started as well is going outside first thing in the morning um, yeah. I've read about, I don't know where I've read it, but uh, just getting fresh air to start the day. You met, you touched on supplements and uh, I should have asked you, Are you? is there many supplements that you take? Um, I am taking a few at the minute, to be honest with you. I So I'm a brand ambassador for Revive Active, which you might have heard of or maybe some listeners have heard of. So currently I'm taking Zest Active. That's like, it's like a multivitamin, but it's more so a super supplement. There's the, just the quality and the potency and the ingredient list is insane so I take that every morning and then I'm also taking iron at the moment because I just felt like I could have been lacking in it I was I felt like more hair was falling out than usual nothing dramatic around four or five months ago that has stopped now but it kind of timed perfectly when I started eating a little bit less meat so I am taking iron and um, zest active occasionally I take half of a calcium um supplement so like two servings is two capsules and I take one because when I went through my period of say overtraining amenorrhea kind of the female athlete triad I fell into that and um, my bone density fell which was quite scary when I found that out now I built it back up thank god you can still build bone up until around the age of 30 as a woman and um, so I, I still have a load of those so I do take half a calcium supplement like most days and echinacea just to boost the or support my immune system I should say not boost apparently it can't be boosted it can only be supported and there's another one probiotic so you, you, you take quite a quite a few supplements there. I do a few yeah so probiotic your calcium iron and um, echinacea zest active and then later on in the day I might take a beauty one 
um, that's it's also revive active but it's pretty it's like coenzyme q10 a bit of extra antioxidants it's called, it's called a beauty complex before bed i might take magnesium and um, it's magnesium powder um, or CBD. So I'm, I'm quite into my supplements, but yeah. It's a good job you're an ambassador for that brand. <laughs> You'd be out of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> and you're training away, resistance training, I assume. Yeah, I actually, it was really difficult. You don't realize how much you rely on fitness until you get injured. And last October I got injured. Um, I was an avid runner. I loved running. And my plan was to do the a marathon this year. I'd done a half marathon, um, but I got injured. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, they think it's a partially torn labrum. So back in October, I basically woke up one morning. It didn't happen mid-training. Mm-hmm. It was the day after I had done heavy deadlifts and sprints. Um, so since October, I haven't been able to lift heavy, no compound lifts, um, no holding a weight when I'm doing squats or anything. It's only the last two or three months I've been able to do some body weight work Um and it's been hard. It, it was really hard to accept. I definitely was was using fitness and exercise a lot as coping mechanisms. And yeah, um, not being able to run was difficult. But I'm working around it. I'm using the cross trainer and upper body weights. And my hip, I've gotten to know the levels of the levels I can push it to. Anyone that's ever had has an injury, maybe you've had one. It's so hard to deal with. But I know how far I can push it, and I need to be careful. I've been to the sports surgery clinic in Santry and. I actually have cortisol in there at the minute. Um, they're they're not sure the outlook for it. Um, so that's a uh, something I get a little bit afraid <laughs> when I think about the future for my hip. I just hope it continues to heal. I'm doing hip rehab exercises every week at the minute. So that's that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I, I hope you, uh, wish you all the best with that. And I'm sorry to hear that you're, you're injured. Ah, listen, not the end of the world. Like it's still bounce back bigger and stronger. God, yeah, just smaller glutes now. My legs have disappeared. <laughs> How are you surviving this? Obviously, we're recording this during the COVID lockdown. How are you surviving? Pretty okay. At the beginning, I was not okay. <laughs> I panicked. Absolutely panicked like everyone. Sure thought I had COVID for like a day. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm living at home at the minute with my mom and dad. So we're all getting on better than we ever have before. Um, I've quite a big spacious room here. So like we all have our, our own place. Uh, we live in the countryside so we can get out for walks and not be near anyone and I you know you know yourself always being self-employed and working from home anyway it wasn't too much of a change I miss my friends I miss going to places but I do miss the gym because the cross trainer is the only form of um, cardio fitness I can do right now but I luckily got a cross trainer in for these few months so I'm keeping sane with that in the garage and and mummy and daddy's doing all the cooking and washing and looking after you no thank you very much I do I do all my own cooking and all my own shopping because otherwise I would be eating scones, fruitcake, <laughs> like sugared everything. If you saw the chocolate press in our house, it is ridiculous. So I actually do cook myself and I tend to eat at different times. But um, we try to sit down for an evening meal together. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I do some of my washing sometimes. That's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard li- it's, uh, it's hard to beat living at home with mum and dad. There's something I always ask any of my guests that come on the podcast and it's... um. What three books would you recommend? Three books. You know what? I do need to read more. You've absolutely flagged me on that one. But um, <laughs> books that I have on my bedside that I can look over at and tell you I'm trying to get into reading. Um, Awaken the Giant Within. Brilliant. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yeah. Yeah. There's one called um, 
oh, it's by Max Larvae. Have you heard of him? It's called, I think it's the, like the, the top 11 best foods you can eat or something like that. Uh, uh, I should probably look it up before I tell you, but I'm unsure now. Um, I can I can send it to you afterwards if you want to put it in the podcast notes. Yeah, yeah I'll put it in the notes, yeah. And then another one that I have at the bedside that I haven't read yet is um, Healthy Eating Where We Went Wrong. So that is one that I was inspired to buy after I done my course. It basically looks at how the food industry got it wrong and why we need to favor eating more fats sometimes than carbohydrates especially if you're diabetic you can probably reverse that so the top two there because i forgot the middle one and awaken the giant within and healthy eating where we went wrong and i'm definitely not someone to read books that are stories i would rather read something that is educational yeah but i'm terrible for allocating the time because i always feel like i should be creating content or something when i have time off or i'll scroll on tiktok now for too long (laughs) (laughs) i can totally relate to that and is there any quote that you live your life by um so uh, one quote that i love is not all that glitters is gold um, there's so many quotes out there I love. It's so hard to pin one, but that's one I actually have a tattoo in. Um, I got the tattoo in Latin and I got it at a time when, to be honest, Instagram had probably started booming and everyone thought I was flying it with my relationship with food, with fitness, with my career, with my life path. And I didn't tell anyone otherwise because you don't want to tell people when you're not golden, I suppose. So not all the glitters is gold and... That's not in a negative sense, but just to remember not to compare yourself to anyone else because comparison is the thief of joy and they may not be as golden as they look or they may not be feeling as golden as they tend to show. So, yeah. I love that quote uh, and it's so true and particularly in today's age when we do probably look at Instagram and and we look at people and we think, oh, I'd love to have that life or I'd love to have that relationship. It's a highlight reel really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And because I done that, I shared the highlight reel and I kept everything else quiet. You know, I know it's what people do. So yeah, they'd be my favourite. I suppose there's kind of two quotes there. Comparison is the thief of joy and not all the glitters of gold. Brilliant. Love it. Natalie, thank you so much for your time. And you. really, really loved having you on the podcast. And I think my listeners will get so much from it. Can you just tell them where's the best place to find you and your content? Hi. Yeah, look, Instagram is the main place you're going to find me at the moment, which is at Natalie Lennon underscore with a H. Um, so it's like the H is in Natalie. Sometimes people put the H after the underscore there. Um, and then I also have a website, which is NatalieLennon.ie. So there is some information about coaching and stuff there. But um, I'm new to TikTok. Don't follow me there yet. I don't know. <laughs> feet i think you have to be a good dancer to be on tiktok and i have two left feet you might be <laughs> you come from a dancing background I've, I've tried to learn tiktok dances but they haven't gone viral yet so i think i'm gonna give that up. <laughs> I, i'll add all that to the the show notes as well for anyone that's listening um but nothing thank you so much and once again um keep doing what you're doing i, I love your content and i love your message um i definitely think it, it's adding some positivity uh, to the world out there so thank you Bye.